0: Hello and welcome to the Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Nick Gillard and Dr. Kernaz of Back of the Nest. And could it be that Palace will have a new owner? The Sun were reporting this week that Crystal Palace Chiefs are in £220 million takeover talks with a mystery Chinese businessman. Do you believe this?
2: Yes, um I don't think it's a coincidence that now this is popping up as I remember a month or two ago we were talking about um Frank I can't pronounce his surname. Uh, the Chino, Thai bloke. Yeah. Oh so that's in Chinawatra. Yeah. So,
3: okay, rolls off the tongue.
2: Boom. Do you know what? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like yeah, there's some truth to this and it'll be interesting to see what happens. where, you know, with Frank and with Mr. Frank, I'm gonna call him Mr. Frank again. Um we didn't see anything really happen. I heard rumours before the Americans took over
3: back in, uh, well, um, Parrish said, no, no, there's nothing going to take, nobody going to take us over in the October, and then by the following March, nobody had taken over, but they'd actually bought into the club. I actually think these talks are just to buy the Americans' shares, Blitzer and Harris's shares. Yeah. So whether they'd, they'd be happy with Parrish. But I heard before the Americans took over... There was a massive Chinese conglomerate who wanted to buy the club locked, Stock and Barrel and move us to Crystal Palace Park. Now, from my inside knowledge, that was quite a way into... Negotiations and then the whole Tottenham Stadium thing came up. And, are
0: you worried this could be the same people? I mean, the Sun are reporting that Palace's owners rejected a 2017 offer from the Shanghai Nasi Investment Management Centre as it was below their 220 million quid valuation. Do you think it's the same people?
3: A lot of people in China, apparently. So, <laughs> I
0: mean, chances, I, I really How many don't are know. there with more than uh, yeah. 220 million English pounds, though? quite a few yeah Yeah.
2: it could potentially be the same people i think it's mainly to do with the uh, american owners um basically wanting out of the club it seems like anyways with i think it was in february or late january where bloomberg actually reported it and Mm. then ever since that we've heard now two takeover rumors um so and
3: and they've actually invested in a spanish club as well now
2: exactly americans harris
0: harris and blitzer have apparently appointed u.s investment bank pjt partners as advisors to help them cash in so they're not messing about would you be averse
2: to new owners are you happy with the way the club is currently run i mean with the new with the american owners coming in you would the main reason for coming in was to improve the stadium and the training ground. That's what the investment was initially about. So it, I don't mind uh, new owners coming in as long as that they stick to the plan and nothing goes south because we've been looking at the stadium and I remember being there on the day when they actually announced it. There's yeah. so much potential there and I just want the new, if there were new owners, I want them to come in and just continue that plan. So as long as... They stick on the same page as you know. They're on the same page as parish. Uh Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind it. But
3: how much? How much was the Americans' money ring fenced, and would the new newcomers actually just be putting the money back in the pot that the Americans have taken
2: out by leaving? I guess I I, that's a good question. I'm not. I'm not too yeah. sure. But that's something to consider. Really, I think fi- it's just it's just a matter of well, there was an announcement that was in it two weeks ago about yeah. how the stadium plans are on hold. Due to a disagreement.
3: Something to do with Palace providing money. To um, up the transport in infrastructure around the ground.
2: Yeah. So I feel like. Whatever happens now. Even if the America's, American owners genuinely do want out. I don't feel like we'll resume with that plan in the first place. Because it's, it's we don't know where the money is going to come from.
3: Is Parish sticking around whatever happens? Well yeah. I think so for the short term. But you know. He's, he's been in his had 9 years be 10 years next year invested a lot of time a lot of money but I think he's clawed a lot of that money back hasn't
2: he yeah if the owners if, if the takeover does actually happen I don't feel like it impacts Parish Um, I, as I said it was the American owners and also with Parish we've we've criticised him uh, on our pod and you know he's still human he, he makes mistakes so if you look at overall how he has run the club he's done a tremendous job in terms of keeping us yeah. in the Premier League for so long. However, that doesn't mean that he has made mistakes. But if you ask me, would I rather keep Parish or want him out? Yeah, I would rather keep Parrish because he's a sporter and he understands how to run the club.
3: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Johnny, um, Newcastle are being taken over. There's rumours of by billionaires, a couple of other clubs that are possibly in line for being taken over. I mean, if, if somebody wants to invest in a Premier League club... Is two twenty million going to be enough to actually compete, or are we just looking for that mid-table, still making money?
2: Well, it depends how much stake you get, I guess. Yeah. You can't really, you can't, you know. If it's the, if it's the American owner stake, then it sounds about fair. But if if you want the whole club, then yeah, you're right. Two hundred twenty millions is probably a bit less
3: one and zaha are worth that <laughs>
2: oh wow! i think if there
0: were a takeover it would affect parish simply in the sense of if you're the chairman you do have to work operate talk to these people and from his point of view from your point of view as supporters is there a case of better the devil you know To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hmm.
3: Well, when you think back to Rodden Nodes, perhaps
2: not. Yeah, I, that's before your time. Exactly. Isn't it? You're, so you're, you're I, looking at yeah. me, thinking <laughs> even yeah, <laughs> even when we, I don't, I'm not too sure. owners, I've, I've, I've basically lived parish era. So, do yeah. you think that if there is a takeover,
0: it's gonna have a significant impact in your fortunes on the pitch?
3: Did did the Blitzer and Harris thing impacts?
2: Um, I'm not too sure. I think in one January transfer window there was the reports that they did put money into the club for the transfers. Um, yeah, but I'm not too sure if there was any truth to that. So, um, I I'm not too. I feel like whatever it is, is the main impact won't be what happens on the pitch. Is just the off pitch stuff because we we've got a waiting list and we've got the, you know South London. There's so many people there that you can yeah, actually attract. Yeah, yeah. So. There's there's opportunity there, but it just the stadium capacity is not enough. So that should be the main focus, just to increase our revenue in the first place.
3: But you know, with with that new stand, how many extra fans are we going to get in there? I plus think, the
2: corporates. Uh, I think it, was it thirty two thousand, correct? Yeah, me? I mean, I'm what what sure. extra?
3: What would we get? Eight thousand more,
2: plus the corporates. Uh, eight. No, I think six thousand or something like that. I'm Less than sure. that.
3: It's, yeah. So, you know, you you do have to question whether that much investment's worth it for such a small increase when maybe you should be putting a bit more in and maybe looking at doing that stand in a corner in one go I, I know I th- it'll cost th- more but
2: no I think no it's just it's the right thing um, to increase the the half o- no, the main stand yeah it's it's the right thing I, you still you can't increase the whole stadium in one go I feel like it's just a start and then from then on you could just um, look at other areas because there's a, there's a um sainsbury's behind us yeah i think that impacts as well yeah
0: before palace can deal with any of that i think many fans would argue that the primary concern should be holding on to your star assets and coming up could one of them be off to manchester united
1: this is love sport it's the crystal
0: palace fan show here on love sport radio and Crystal Palace's Aaron wan is currently in action for the England under Twenty One Man of the
3: match so far. I've seen him make two tackles and a couple <laughs> of ruled-in runs. I saw him sneeze, yeah. so he's definitely yeah. nailed
0: on. They're taking on France. But will he be Crystal Palace's Aaron wan
3: for too much longer? He's not making much noise about it, is he? He's stayed fairly quiet, or not much has been reported. It's not like he's clamouring to leave. I know we we had a bid or we rejected a bid was it 40 million
2: 50 is the latest quoted figure but the thing is it's not really 50 it's 30 i think it was was it 30 million plus 15 million or 35 million plus 15 million so it's not with add-ons yeah with add-ons yeah the 15 million basically add-ons and uh uh, yeah we have all every right to reject that deal because he's worth more than Basically, and the add-ons were something... I'm not too sure if this is true, but the add-ons, the rumours were that of oh, United win the Premier League or United win the Champions League or whatever. So it's so unlikely as well in the first well, place.
3: With, with clubs like Newcastle getting billionaire investors in that that super three or four clubs is soon going to be five or six, isn't it? So it's going to be more difficult for that top six to actually this, do yeah. as well, I think. But we're, but we're moving away from that. Is there something about writing off the sell-on clause for Zaha as well that I heard? Yeah, just within the within that deal. But I think they'll get bored. I think they'll 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 start to look somewhere else because in, until we can find a replacement, then it's pointless. I know Spurs are possibly getting rid of Trippier, but you know he's being put at forty-five million. He's had an awful season, hasn't it's, he?
2: Exactly. That's why I don't understand. If we keep Aaron Wan-Bissaka for one more season then we yeah. could, his value will increase if he continues to play like that and there should be no reason why his form change it's not it's not malform he's just technically gifted like, like that we've seen it for we've seen him do it for a whole season Um, I don't think I don't think that's just luck and yeah against it,
3: top teams as well
2: exactly so we have no why should we sell Wan-Bissaka for 35 million plus 15 million add-ons? if you give us 50 million or at least 40 million plus 10 million add-ons or something like that then yeah that sounds more about right even if wasn't the initial rumor that our oh, Palace wanted something like 70 million or 60 million for Wan-Bissaka so even the 50 million is not enough and that's I feel like United are far away and I'm not too sure if they'll pay pay up for Wan-Bissaka I think it depends on um not depends on, I think, Paul Pogba, whether he leaves or stays, that might impact it in some kind of way. They only can raise more funds like that, but I the, doubt they're going to spend so much money on... But clubs the clubs
3: like have been talking to each other. It's not like it's just been a media thing where um, it's kind of being thrashed out by the press and by agents.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, and own hit the post there. Nearly scored. Um, so... So I'm looking at the football because I'm trying to avoid looking at Boris Johnson, who's on the screen above. It's <laughs> really, really hard. I'm having to shield Um But yeah, I'd, I'd want to keep him. Um, we don't know any more, really, than we did last week. It'll be such a shame if he goes because I think for his own development, it'll be good for him. Well does that argument
0: hold if he goes to united their first choice right back this season was a geriatric antonio valencia who could be off to mls the backup is diogo dallo who clearly hasn't been deemed ready so actually if wambasaka goes to manchester
2: he might get as much football as he would at palace but it's, it's it's more than that as well it seems like the club is there's so much uncertainty at united that just going there and the outside noise, I wonder if that could impact him just like it impacted Pogba because Pogba the other day, he did say that he's looking for a new challenge. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, poor Pogba before he came to United. I know it's a different league, uh, but he was just another player. And the players that United actually surrounded him with, just useless. But from wan
0: so, point of view, would you rather be uncertain of whether you're going to finish fourth or seventh or have a safe pair of hands in Roy Hodgson and know you'll probably be all right and finish somewhere between 16th and 10th.
2: Well, yeah, it depends on wan mentality. If he's happy at Palace, um, then why not stay at Palace? But if he's not, then go... Th- I don't know. The, the only rumour has basically been United for now, like yeah. any serious rumour. But if, if another club comes, such as a Man City, which is unlikely, but Chelsea or... Arsenal something like that then I'd rather he go to clubs like that than Man United.
3: I know he's just a commodity because
2: that's all football players are commodities really. The...
3: Oh, you big cynic. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm only going by what Simon Jordan Jordan said but you know the, the you know at base they're, they're commodities to be bought and sold and to keep your your club afloat as it were especially you know if you if you like us all right we're we're not doing too badly now but looking at the lights of Bolton and whatever um we've invested years and years in that player now the question is does, does the player kind of owe us to actually deliver for us by playing for us or is that time that he's spent in the youth team and coming up the ranks would the transfer fee reflect that time investment that we've put into him
2: I don't think Wan Bissaka owes us anything in all honesty um, I, he's in terms of how we even got got the opportunity to get the first team football it, was, it wasn't it was like oh it's time to put Wan-Bissaka give him a try it was more of a fact of Foster Menz is injured Joel Ward is injured and we have no right backs and it's just Aaron Wan-Bissaka is the next option so I don't feel like Wan-Bissaka owes us anything um, in terms of us developing him so no I don't feel like there's anything
3: and how would we, we we'd want to replace him with another English person wouldn't we just for the home grown rule. Yeah. Just to keep that
2: going. Um last week it was Max Ahrens. Um that was reported. So I feel Arons like has been quite heavily linked with Spurs though this week. Which yeah. does make it a bit harder. So it yeah. It's 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 going to be hard regardless. Replacing Wan Bissaka, he's he's a tremendous footballer. He's still only twenty one and it's, you can't really replace him like that and Would, ideally you'll just bring it i don't know if you want to play joe ward there if he leaves or if you want to bring in another player Well, that's the
0: thing is there an argument with that wambasaka money So you do get 50 60 million i'm saying well we're not going to get a right back of his quality or close to his quality but we can get a right back who's fine and actually strengthen our creative midfield areas bring in a striker, You know, if you sold Wan-Bissaka, played Joel Ward at right-back and signed Michi Batshuayi, would that soften
2: the blow? I still feel like we need um, depth. You saw last season with the left-back position and what it meant for Patrick Van Aanholt. I feel like if we put Joel Ward out there, he when he has played right-back, he has struggled for most parts. Um, but yeah, I feel like regardless of what happens, uh, if Wan-Bissaka does leave then we still need another right-back there because we can't rely on Joel Ward alone. I I feel like Joel Ward in the future, he's going to be a decent centre-back instead of a right-back because he has played that and he has looked decent. He just hasn't... I I don't feel like he's got the legs to keep playing at right-back.
3: Talking of strength in depth, I know Bissaka is going to be a thing that that rolls on and on. Um, I noticed today that um, Lucas Perry is off, Mm. the young Brazilian goalkeeper. Who does that leave us with on the goalkeeping front, bearing in mind that Mr. Speroni's gone now? Um, we're left with Wayne and Vicente. Um, Would we need a third goalkeeper in? I know we've talked about Butland and whether we want um, first-team football, um, and we've done that to death already. So is there anybody else in the pipeline in the goalkeeping position?
2: I really wouldn't focus on a third, third-choice goalkeeper right now in the market. I'd rather someone from the academy just plays a role as 3rd choice goalkeeper as it's going to be very rare for them to play in the first place and I'd I'd rather that we invest in areas that are needed because we're talking about not even second choice third choice goalkeeper and you saw sort of, yeah Jules did, yeah, he, was third choice he got yeah, two
3: or three games yeah
2: but it's just two or three games I I wouldn't really focus on spending much money there because we're limited as we are right now and we need a striker um we need if Juan Bissaka leaves we need a right back. So there's so many other areas that we should be focusing on rather than just focus on fur choice goalkeeper in, in yeah. university.
3: I bet it takes a whole kind of searching for people out of the equation if we keep uh, Aaron. I mean, it's good that we've got somebody who very, very few people had heard of this time last year, or maybe a bit. It started the season before, didn't it? Um, and suddenly we got this huge asset on our hands that's like money out of nothing, isn't it? It's,
0: yeah, and they say wan don't grow on trees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the big question for you two, though, now is, is he staying? Because we can watch him now against France. He he looks every bit a £50 million right back to me already yeah. in today's market. He is going to get better.
2: And when United come calling, it's quite hard to say no. Can you hold on to him? I think we can. I feel like Aaron wan He he's not that type of person who would push out from the club. Nothing has happened so far. To indicate that. So unless United actually do pay up, then um, which I which at first I thought there was a chance, but I don't feel like it would happen. Um now. So I feel like yeah, he stays. Wan Bissaka potentially. I'm f I'm sixty forty on if him staying.
3: It, if he does go to Man United, will we sting our wingers don't like him? Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> guess one so. of the great yeah. chance. Yeah. Or traffic away of just singing our wingers don't like him. They don't, they don't sing at Old Trafford, they're all tourists, they've got song sheets in a, <laughs> in a um, singing section, haven't yeah, they? Yeah. Does it worry you a bit that for United,
0: the extra 10 million quid isn't the sticking point? If, you, if what Palace are saying is 50 million is no, but 60 million is yes, United will pay that. Will do Yes. Because yeah. if they're committed enough to him as their main target, and Solskjaer likes him as much as we're hearing he does, what's the 10 million? He's not Arsene Wenger who goes, oh, another £2.50, not for me, too rich for my blood.
2: <laughs> if they want Wambasaka, they'll get him. But it doesn't, well, the second offer, the reported offer of 35 plus 15 million, I still feel like that's too low and that's mm. the improved offer. So wh- where did they start? If they give you 50 up front, 50 up front
0: plus so, add ons? Plus 10 potential in add ons, do you take it?
2: Yes. To if reinvest. we can get
3: somebody else. There. The other thing you've got to think about is who else is there that Man United could
2: get in for that position from other clubs? Mm. We're, we're in a brilliant position as, uh, like right now because you keep wan his value goes up next season. If you sell him now, we're going to get good money. So it's not something that we're stressing about as Palace fans because he's just a brilliant player. And the longer that we keep him, I genuinely do think that his value will increase by the season. He's only 21, which is just... Ridiculous.
3: Now earlier on, I don't know if it was towards the end of last season that we were saying we thought we were gonna lose Wilf and Aaron or maybe one or the other. Is it possible we might not lose any of them?
2: <laughs> that'll, that'll be brilliant. Um but wolf with, with Wilf, I don't see right now there's no indications of him. No, really he enough.
3: he had an interview with a paper that um that was reported by Ben, he of Back of the Nesh Paris back in the day. Now works for a newspaper I cannot bring myself to name, um, but in the interview, Wilf was talking about good having his dad close by. Yeah, um, since he's had his stroke. But he would still be vaguely close to his dad if he moved to North
2: London. But no one who's who in North London is going to pay that much for Wilf? Ars- I don't see Arsenal oh, are thinking. thinking about it. Ars- <laughs> I reported that Arsenal transfer budget is forty million so. Um, I doubt they couldn't actually afford Zaha. Because they did say
3: there was some rumour that they were going to give us cash plus three players
2: yeah but
0: those three players were going to be jenkinson, jenkinson yeah that's <laughs> just el I mean, and my little brother so i wouldn't take that I'll just too block seriously. the
2: number if, if they actually offered that you have to block their number that's just rude block,
0: block, yeah block. block the number that is the message from back of the nest dr Kernas. well we've talked about one of palace's young stars coming up let's focus on one of their older legends
1: this is love sport You're
0: listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. And a quick update for you from the England under-21s against France. High, high drama. The French were given a penalty. Henderson was equal to it. He stepped up and made a massive save. Updates for you throughout the show. But for now, it's time for our Legend of the Week.
1: See what your club legend was wearing at classicfootballshirts.co.uk. The place for football shirts.
0: It's time for our first ever Legend of the Week here on the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Gents, who have you gone for this week?
3: Julian Sproni. I thought you were going to sing it then. <laughs> <laughs> ju- 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 uh, yeah. Julian Sproni. Yeah, go. I mean, You've he had to be it. our first one because he's kind of left the club this week. And what a fantastic servant to the club. Um, the fact that he is so important behind the scenes. Um, especially with his language skills, bringing new players in to, to help them bed in, uh, as he did with uh, Gaeta. Um, he was happy to wait to get his plays back once he lost it to the um, pyjama trousered at uh, Gabor Kirali, <laughs> who is also a legend, being the oldest player ever in the World Cup. Great trousers as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he only wore those because he couldn't find his shorts, apparently. And then it became a tradition. It became a tradition, and um, yeah, people were getting Kirali pajamas for Christmas amongst <laughs> the palace fraternity. But um, yeah, I mean, what is there to say, Dr. About Speroni? He was just—he seems like a decent human being. He um, pulled off some magnificent saves. My only my only criticism of him is he could have been a better penalty saver.
2: Better penalty saver. Yeah. Well, he did save us in many ways. Um yeah. in terms of would we even be in the Premier League right now if Jules didn't make that save against Brighton in the playoffs? Um, against Watford in the playoff finals. So he's made some tremendous saves and has come up big. And the thing with Jules that I was thinking about is that I was wondering where does it rank among among uh Palace's all time best, you know, inter- in goalkeepers and I really haven't seen anyone apart from Jules in my lifetime. And I feel like that's pretty incredible um, due to the fact that nowadays you just see players moving about all the time. And as you mentioned, uh, the things he'd done off the pitch and how much, you know, even the testimonial and everything like that, you could just see this man, he under- he understood the club. And sometimes you need players like that at the club and he was just exactly that.
3: You mentioned the testimonial. I think what what's testament to him as a person is the amount of Dundee fans that came down for that game and despite the fact it was 10 years since he left Dundee they thought very highly of him and spoke very highly of him. I know due to that testimonial that there's quite a few Palace fans uh go to Dundee games now because
2: of it and uh have kind of linked up yeah there's been a connection now hasn't it? yeah
3: yeah um do we know what he's doing now
2: he's a free well he's a free agent he wants game time that's that's what everyone's basically saying and that's why he's leaving us so i wonder where he where he'll go
3: what was the worst moment i know we're talking about a legend but you, you've got to compare bad moments with with terrific moments <laughs> um was there anything where you thought oh actually this bloke's a bit dodgy because i was when he first came in the the infamous ball giving away against everton which cost us the game or might might have cost us a win so far back in the midst of time. That yeah. sort of knocked his confidence a bit and he was replaced pretty quickly. I mean, I felt the same way about him then as I did with Perry Suckling. Now, Perry Suckling used to be my favourite player and he still was, even after that 9 um, nil drubbing against Liverpool. That was his undoing and we got we managed to get Nigel Martin in after that. Um, I thought he'd, he'd lose his place completely, but the fact that he's stuck with it does that mean nobody else was interested in him, or was he just determined to, to cement his place back at Crystal Palace?
2: I feel like he was just determined. You can see by what he done after that, and how long he stayed, and how he's improved as a player. But where do you rank him? Where do you rank him? Rank him among Crystal uh, Palace goalkeepers. Yeah, Palace goalkeepers for
3: for legendness. Is that a word? Legend-ness? Legendness? Well,
2: it's a word now. <laughs> Legendness. Legendness.
3: Now. It'll be yeah. on the top trump card for Legend-ness. Julian Bronia. Legendness. Legend power. Um, definitely up there. However, I'd as goalkeeping ability, mm. I'd put him behind Nigel Martin, who I'd have at the top, and um, John Jackson, who I saw play once for Orient after he left us, but my dad used to bang on about John Jackson being such a terrific keeper all the time that... Actually, it sounds like he was he was the boss. But when we're
0: talking about legends, how much of it is about how good they are? Because Spironi wasn't ever a world-class talent. A big part of this is connection with the fans and personality. What did you feel he was like? He's like.
2: Well, um, so,
0: you're talking about... Spironi. As a player. Like, yeah, but as, sure. but as a man as well. Because when you love someone as much as you two love Spironi, you're not just loving him for his exploits on the
2: pitch yeah that's what yeah the biggest thing for Jules is that what he gave on the pitch he also you know off the pitch he was that same effort in terms of speaking with the fans, and that's what stood out for me personally for Jules like he was that type of man that he would speak to you like outside the ground he's not yeah. he's not the type to run away and you could see it when new players did come into the club he would introduce them and show them around and I think I feel like small things like that matter a lot to. Some new players who come from different countries and aren't used to the culture here, he would introduce them and he would help them out and I feel like that does actually play a big part in terms of settling in players and that's why I feel like with Jules is yes, we've lost a great man on the pitch and off the uh, on the pitch but off the pitch as well because our new transfers now there's there isn't a Julian Speroni who can teach him about the club, so someone else has to step up.
3: Yeah, he's almost like the the ambassador for the team, isn't he? Mm. Do,
2: you th-
0: do you think we're getting to a point in modern football where that kind of role will completely go and the idea of a club identity will completely go and we will never see a player who's been at a club for a decade educating new boys about what it is to represent Crystal Palace because the whole culture and the mercenary nature of the game
2: is going to shift. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it's 100% changing, but... It depends on Wilf. Let's see how long Wilf stays and <laughs> maybe he's the, he's the next... So you thing. think there could be a 37-year-old Wilf in Zahar <laughs> well, running down what the wing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. In the training ground. Limping down the wing. Yeah, well, it's it's a good point that you made because, as I said, um, it is changing now. We don't have many junior Spronies in football because of how the market is and how clubs see it more as a business rather than just a game. And, and yeah. also
3: players that come in young and are on ridiculous salaries at such a young age. I've I've just found a quote. Mm. Uh, He said, talking about um, other players, I won't do the accent because I can't (laughs) do an Argentine-Scottish accent. (laughs) Every time a new player comes to the club, I always try and make them understand what it means to play for Crystal Palace. It's a place not like other clubs. You have the atmosphere at Sellers Park and I haven't seen that anywhere else. It's just incredible and I would like them to understand that. I think it's my job as a senior player to make sure they know that if we can all understand that, then we will have a better idea of how we need to approach things and the way we work on a day-to-day basis. You can only do that when you see the faces of the supporters and the young kids in the stands and after winning a game. And also, when you lose the game, there are some sad faces. Now, as a Premier League club, we can just say, OK, have we done it? Is it hard work? So as soon as you can relax, things can really go wrong. So he knows what needs to be done. And he's, he's just such a nice bloke. I chatted with him um, before we played Dover. Yeah, Dover in the FA Cup. <laughs> That's a proper glamour tie. That was Alan Pardy's yeah, first that was, game.
2: I was there. I remember
3: that game. I loved yeah. it. <laughs> Alan Pardy's first ever game in charge as well. When he came in, he just came
2: in and became manager. Didn't and the rest he? is didn't... history. I remember him walking away after. The, was it a 4-0 victory? Yeah, I think yeah. it was 4-0. And he just smiles and everything. And yeah, it was good. It was good while I lasted.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are we talking about Pardue or Yeah, Pardue, yeah, Pardue. He's been having a
2: job, has he? Yeah, I don't understand how it's not in MLS. I thought he would be there by now.
0: As yeah. a final note on Spironi, what was his greatest moment in a Palace shirt?
2: Oh, that's so hard.
3: Was there a save in the playoff?
2: Yeah, there's two. Well, there's a Brighton save. Yep. And uh playoff final where Deanie. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Second yeah. half, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know which one to pick. I think it's between them two. Um, I have to go with the playoff finals. It's a bigger occasion. Yeah. Even though Brighton, you're still playing Brighton in the playoffs, but yeah, playoff final. That was a massive save, and it's just small things like that. That save, if if that went in right now, would who knows where Palace would be? Bolton.
3: My my <laughs> abiding memory is um when the H F had sorted out lots of banners for Spironi, I think he must have just reached 10 years playing for the club and there was a big sign, Manos de, de Dios, yeah uh, hand of God, and you could just see the emotion on his face where he saw what he, he understood what he meant to the supporters, hmm. if that makes sense.
0: Well, that I think is why Julian Spironi is your legend of the week
1: see what your club legend was wearing at classicfootballshirts.co.uk the place for football shirts this is love sport
0: it's the crystal palace fan show here on love sport radio you're with me johnny burrow and dr kernas and nick gillard of back of the nest we're talking tv fixtures coming up for this year because nick it's getting harder than ever before, more expensive than ever before for fans to follow their teams.
3: Yeah, I noticed at the weekend. Uh, Amazon Prime are they different to Amazon Prime Sport? Is that another subscription you've got to
0: get? In this country, it's just
3: Amazon Prime
0: you would need. Yeah. Oh, that
3: that's cool. I've already got that. Um, but if you if you if you're an armchair fan and you want to follow your club and and see as many live games as you can without resorting to other means. Um, Sky's expensive. BT sport comes with a lot of the packages you buy anyway. And with Amazon as well, it's just getting just getting silly.
2: Exactly. You need free subscriptions basically to yeah. watch Premier League football. And it's just bang out order. What I've what I prefer is the Premier League takes all the rights back and they actually have their own streaming service. So they said I think like that. They wouldn't, wouldn't really make it. enough money. But I feel like right now, it's it's going to get worse though. It's a- going to increase. Yeah, the, the
3: problem is, you'd, you'd have a problem there where you'd have clubs would be getting a, a huge revenue because they've got such worldwide support. I mean, that would help. Man, you know, Well, I don't know if it would because Man City's owners are a bit multi-billionaires. They're a country, aren't they? And Man City haven't really got a massive fan base yet. They've They've, they've still got you know mainly uh, i don't know you you see some of the european games there are so many empty seats there but you look at man united or liverpool how much revenue would they get in if they were in charge of their own streaming services and it would just make the gap between the richest and the the poorest although they're by no means poor in any sense of the word clubs it would grow it wouldn't it it might but on
0: the other side of the coin, is there a potential positive to you needing three subscriptions in the sense that three different broadcasters broadcasting this competition, competing for the rights, stops one from getting a monopoly and being able to charge you whatever they like?
2: Uh, it's, I just, You what? So Sky, I don't know. I don't have Sky Sports, but Sky Sports is around 20 pounds. A month. Oh, about ten years ago, fifteen yeah, exactly. years ago, and then you have to pay for BT Sports. Yep. and Did you now... pay for all
0: of them, you're looking at up to 885 pounds and 40 pence per
2: year, which is almost enough for a season ticket. It's going to just increase illegal streaming. Honestly, that's what, I've, that's what I think. It's just going to increase illegal streaming, and there's some people that just can't afford it, but they love their clubs with a passion. 800 pound a year just for subscriptions.
0: Do no, you no. think that fans are not being considered by the governing bodies? 100% not.
3: Yeah, look at VAR, but we'll come back to that later yeah, on I'd... when we talk about the World Cup. But no, um, my my biggest worry about this is, I think it might have been Danny Baker who said it, football's gone from a sport where the TV cameras were invited in to watch what was going on to now where the tea, a sport where the TV companies are controlling what's going on and that isn't a good good way to be and there's been some talk with with the Amazon Prime thing it's two games in December all matches are going to be on three, well apart from the evening kickoffs, going to be 3pm now, quite often and it doesn't affect us because we'll be at Selhurst anyway on those, we've, you know, we've got two home games yeah. we've got the West Ham game on Boxing Day uh, I can't remember what the other game is earlier in the month, but they're both at home I tend if If we aren't at home and if Bromley are at home or if Cray Wanderers are at home or, you know, I quite often go and see them. Now, if I can see Palace or another team on a Saturday afternoon at three o'clock, is that going to put me off putting money in Bromley's pocket? And how many other people are going to think like that? Because... You go to Bromley games and Palace are away. There's quite a few Palace fans there. You get quite a few Millwall fans and Charlton fans as well. They're going all right there. Um, <laughs> but the, the lower league clubs are going to lose a source of revenue. Tranmere famously used to play on a Friday night so they could get the Liverpool and Everton supporters over there to go on and watch the band, Half Man, Half Biscuit, famously refused to play on the Tube because it was on a Friday night, the Tube, the football programme, not the underground, mm. um, because that's when Tranmere played. Mm.
0: But there is potentially a way round needing all three subscriptions, which you mentioned in passing there. All of the games that Amazon Prime has the rights to are conveniently confined to December, meaning that if you're not a Prime subscriber and you get a bit clever with it, you could just subscribe for the one month, watch your football, cancel it, eight quid. Prime for a year is a yearly thing, though. You can it. get it for just one a quid, month, trial, just A yeah. month, oh, month trial, yeah. So you oh. could swing it that way. But the expense, anyway, is extraordinary. BT Sport, you're looking at 30 quid a month on top of, apparently, the current best Sky Sports subscription, which includes broadband, of 67.50 a month. 100 quid a month, even without Amazon, even without the third one, 100 quid a month. But we're sitting here complaining about how much you have to pay... Well, the flip side of that is that's why your clubs are getting so much money. Would you be happy to lose that TV revenue?
3: Well, mm. if, it, if it happens to everybody, then it happens to everybody.
0: So, would you would you be willing for that to happen to
2: everybody? But what exactly will change? That, so, what we won't have we Monday be night able to play, the, play, pay the players the exorbitant yeah, 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 but, yeah, wages. The
0: Premier League would not be able to compete in the way that it currently does with other continental leagues. So, we're just going to have three PM kickoffs. So that's
2: it in terms of the no and the money
0: you'd get would be drastically reduced which would mean if a chelsea was trying to compete with a barcelona in the transfer market they wouldn't be in as strong a position as they are now
2: yeah i understand that but yeah so it'd just be right no i wouldn't i wouldn't i'd rather have the tv deal there
0: so you'd rather pay the money and keep the money in the premier league
2: because i am fortunate enough that i could go to away games and um but there's others that but I'm just thinking about myself right now yeah I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather selfish yeah I'm selfish <laughs> but I'm just thinking about where the situation that I'm in I'd rather that the TV deal is there because if you're thinking about it right now I don't think we'll have Sako. we won't have Zaha and the wages he's on we won't have Ben Teke, even though some people don't want him <laughs> but yeah I'd rather but where would they play? what?
3: they've got to play somewhere
2: well that's good I, they're not they,
3: going to stop playing football are
0: they? move abroad <laughs> Yeah, Is there any way back from this, from football? Are we going to hit a ceiling where fans get to a point where it's too much and they go, I've had it, I'm not bothering subscribing anymore and these big providers have to drop their prices or actually are we now just dealing with unlimited growth?
2: Illegal streaming is going to increase. That's what I'm going That's That's what I think illegal streaming is going to increase because people they're just not simply your ordinary person is not going to pay 800 pound a year on subscription services services there's there's always ways around it and unless you reduce the prices which the only way you can technically do that is what i think is by the premier League getting their own rights and just, just broadcasting it like that i know you don't agree to that but i feel like that's the thing that should happen one service so the premier League get the rights and more affordable, and as a result, illegal stream would increase. Uh, would de- would decrease, and more people would actually sus- subscribe to it.
3: Mm. I'd Nick? be happier if more money trickled down to the lower leagues. Because we were rather
0: sold that as a promise, weren't we? And it yeah. isn't happening.
3: And we were told that England would have more chance of winning the World Cup as well because of the extra money. <laughs> well, okay. it yeah. it first semi-final for quite a yeah. while. <laughs> All that happened is uh, um, we just bought more and more expensive players or players wages went up faster than inflation so the money was kind of subsumed by other things um i don't know i I'd, I'd i'd like there to be a more equitable distribution of the cash cuz it's criminal for the money that's swelling around in the premier league for for clubs like Bolton. okay there's mismanagement there's problems with stadiums but we shouldn't it? be seeing clubs going but bust. we shouldn't be seeing clubs going bust and then the counter argument to that is, well, look at Bradford Park Avenue; they went bust. It's happened all the time, and actually, not that many clubs have gone to the wall. I think Accrington Stanley went out of business once as well, didn't they? <laughs> and Aldershot, the and yeah, um, all so the shots—they're shots, they're all making their way back. Maidstone United. So, but it's it—it's going to be when you get a high-profile club that goes to the wall. I think that people will actually start to sit up and notice. And Bolton, okay, they're League One. They're a big club, aren't I've they? have been
0: in the Premier League in the last 10 or so years. So.
3: Yeah. JJ O'Kocha did he play for Barwick? He did. Yeah. He also
0: played for Hull City. He <laughs> played for Hull City because he said God came to him in a dream and told him <laughs> to sign for Hull City. Of every uh, club, Hull wh- City. <laughs> whether, or not, whether or not you believe in a higher power, I think one oh. thing I can confidently say God has never done is come oh. to <laughs> anyone in a dream and tell them to sign for Hull City.
1: This is Love Sport.
0: You're listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Dr. Kernaz and Nick Gillard of Back of the Nest. And we're talking VAR, which has yet again oh. taken centre stage at the Women's World Cup this summer. Nick, you weren't a fan to start with.
3: Are you happy? It was absolute varnish last night, wasn't it? <laughs> You're never happy. No, that I, I felt so sorry for the Nigerian goalkeeper. So talk us through what happened. There was a penalty, and from one of the 14 camera angles... For the French. For the French. It looked like a penalty from one of the 14 camera angles. But it pulled the play back, and you had three or four minutes. Uh, The penalty was given, which is fair enough. It was a foul. And the, um, the French, one of the French defenders, missed the penalty. It hit the po- I think it hit the post but went wide of the post.
0: Yeah, it was uh, Wendy Renner hit the outside of the left post, went wide. Because I the remember thinking,
3: cool, oh, she's not having a good World Cup because she scored that fantastic home goal in she the first She did score game. two against South Korea, though. So. Yeah. Um, and maybe we should sign
0: her up. Um, <laughs> you know what? She's got the best goal record for a centre-half I've ever seen. She Is plays it? for Leon, roughly 170 league games, 65 goals. That's better than Ben
2: okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah.
3: Yeah, the goalkeeper in my son's team's got a better goal scoring record <laughs> than uh, Ben Anyway, everybody the goalie goes to kick the ball out and then suddenly the game stops again and the goalkeeper has taken one foot off the goal line, which is the rule that you've got to keep one foot on the goal line to stay on the goal line. Yeah. Now, that's really harsh. If she'd saved it, And her movement before led to her saving it. I could understand. Bit of common sense. But the fact that the player missed. Then they took another penalty. She belted it in. It was a brilliant penalty. She went the entire opposite way. So she
0: tried for bottom left the first time. She went, have some of that. I'm going top right. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Um, In a French accent. Um, And... um, But... They showed the replay of the penalty. Three French players were in the area before she struck the ball. Why didn't they pull that back? But isn't this the problem, Nick, in the sense that the issue here
0: is not anything inherently to do with VAR as a system. It's the way it's being applied. So, for example, the keeper coming off the line is a bizarre rule in football because keepers do it every single time. Pretty much. And you either, from a VAR point of view, the issue there is not the system. It's about whether you are applying it in the same way every single time. And if VAR is now going to be used to make sure that the keeper is glued to his or her line right up to the point of contact with the ball, you need to apply that on every single penalty kick. But I don't think you can blame VAR. You've got to blame the ref for the way that she's applying VAR.
3: But then you have a thing, quite often, you'll hear the commentators say, Oh, we're going to VAR before the ref makes uh, any kind of sign that they're. Well, they do the square telly (laughs)
2: thing, don't they? That's the sign they make. Um, There's no damage of it. I'm sorry, VAR has to be there next season. Yeah, has to be there for it. There's no damage. But another
3: law was broken. What laws does VAR not cover? That's not the VAR's fault. That's not the
2: VAR's fault. uh, No,
0: but you are both right here.
3: The ref cannot see behind her. (laughs) Sorry, the ref cannot (laughs) see behind her. But but Nick, this is
0: precisely the point, and DR's spot on, because what's got to happen is there needs to be a clear understanding, as you say, of which rules apply, because VAR will be farcical if we get into a situation where every time a tiny little rule is broken... We VAR it. If we start VARing foul throws... What if it well, leads up to a goal, though? What on earth? Well, we'll have to, but the yeah. point is they either need to say we're only VARing the incident that gives away the penalty, for example, or we're doing everything. There needs to be clear guidelines about how it's being applied. But
2: next season, we'll see what happens with us because people keep saying, oh, Zaha accused of, you know, he's a diver, he's that... So next season, when VAR does finally get introduced in the Premier League, let's actually see what what's, what's given now. Because I feel like Zaha could have got more penalties last season. But because, He got quite a few. Yeah, he got a few, but he could have got even more. And at times he was wrongfully accused of diving by referees. He got booked once, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. And when we looked at it back in the replays, so was it a dive? No, yeah. it was not a dive. And that's what I'm saying. VAR will help that. VAR has no damage. At the end of the day, what it does is that it comes in and helps the referee. Some some decisions, you may see it differently. Some I may see it differently. It depends on how the referee sees it. But it's there to help the referee.
3: How much time added on was there in that game yesterday? Do you know? I'm, Nine I'm minutes. Sure. Uh, yeah, but they played 10 minutes over. My poor friend Elgin, who's got to get back to Scotland on a Saturday afternoon, isn't going to be liking it if games are finishing that late.
2: I don't think every situation will be that late. I think it will be as the seasons go on, it will be improved on. Um it's just newly introduced now, so and if, you've, you've you you've expect to, them them kind of times.
3: You've got to be able to see it on the screen because, you know, quite often I've seen they, players they
2: are going to show it in the Premier League. Uh, apparently oh, yeah. they they're going to show it on a big screen. That's what they said. So we as fans we're going to be able to see what the referee's seeing if 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 it is true, what I saw um so that that is a bonus, but we need it there, we really do need it there in the Premier League with the pace that it's played and just so many things going on at the same time, referees do need help, and v a r is a solution for it. not every decision is going to be correct, there's none of that, but it will help the referees in terms of making that decision making and we might we might we might pick up more points or we might lose more points due to it, but that's just that's just we don't I, have to go I with just
3: it. think it. It spoils the game as a spectacle for the paying spectator. that's all I'll say it just breaks it up too well much. you
0: say- <laughs> it spoils it for the spectator in the stadium yes it adds more drama most- well should you because at the yeah. point where you're paying roughly a grand for your football and all of the TV subscribers who are getting all those subscriptions are paying 850 quid, why do the people in the stadium take precedence?
3: Because without us, there wouldn't be a Crystal Palace. We wouldn't, uh, we, we've been going there for years. There generations. wouldn't have
0: been, but now the sad fact is there would be.
2: Yeah. Because of the TV.
0: No, one. it's frustrating. And yeah. I'm not saying I like it, but that is the truth. The fans in the stadium no longer really define a football club. They do in terms of its character, but not its ability to exist.
3: Yeah, which is a shame. Because it's, you know, it's working class sport. It's working man's game. It was a release on a Saturday afternoon from the drudgery of the factory work. You know, most of the teams came from factories. Look at West Ham. Came out of the Royal Engine- uh, the Engineers. Um, Crystal Palace was actually people who were rebuilding the Crystal Palace after it got moved from Hyde Park to Crystal Palace Park. So... You know, it's it's just taking it away.
0: No, I I agree. It's it's a sad, sad element of modern football. And hopefully we will see a shift. Hopefully, of course, we'll see Aaron Wan-Bissaka still in a Palace shirt. And you'll have to check in with us next week here on the Crystal Palace Fan Show to find out if he's still there.
1: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport
0: Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.